Welcome to Just a Phase, a podcast about modern parenting. Episode 31, When a Family Takes a Sabbatical. We are back from our long hiatus and we're ready to catch up with one another, share summer stories, and this episode will take a deeper look into my family's sabbatical. Plus, uh, baby arm casts, former presidents, and boogie wipes. Hi, I'm Whitney Christfell, mom to two girls, ages three and a half and 21 months. And I'm Drew Ludwig, father to three daughters, ages six, eight, and 11. Wow, 11. Oh my God. I know. Okay, so we're changing things up a little bit, um, and we're going to let you know now at the beginning of our podcast that you can find us on Facebook at Just a Phase Podcast, on Instagram under the same name, or on our website at justaphasepodcast.tumblr.com. And it helps us so much when you leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever you use to listen. So uh, also, please don't forget that we may swear on this podcast. So you got kids and you care about that, swear's coming. So, and then one more programming note for this week. It's been a while. A little <laughs> Hello. while. <laughs> We're back. Um, and we are going to try to go back to an every other week schedule. Yes. It works best for us. We think it works best for, for you all. for our own therapy. Yeah. I know. I miss talking to you, Drew. And it's a lot easier to keep an every other week rhythm than a monthly rhythm. Yeah. What is up with that? You'd think, yeah, I don't know. So... And We're there was massive outcry that there was massive outcry and Whitney on the internet. So, so true. Here so we true. are responding to your demands. Yeah, yeah. So how? Yeah, let's just just play some catch up on our summers. I went away for the summer. You, I, went, I know. I went to Georgia. That's part of why our, the podcast went on a break. But we often take a summer break anyway. Yeah, but um, like we really needed often. to. <laughs> We've had two summers. <laughs> um, our annual summer break. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really fortunate in that I have a job that allows me to take a sabbatical and there was a grant that paid for the sabbatical. So for three months I lived on Koinonia farm in, uh, out just outside of America's Georgia, highway 49, if you know, Southwest Georgia. Um, and, uh, it was a wonderful chance to, uh, figure out my own self and to spend more time with my family and to escape from life in Buffalo. That's awesome. We're and t- yeah, we're going to talk about it in like much more detail. Yeah, so, um, but you got to talk about your summer. Okay. I mean, I, I, when we were preparing for this, I was trying to think of like the highlight reel. Um, so Drew can like look behind him and see my backyard. I would say that, so, at, and sorry, podcast folks, you can't, but maybe I'll post a picture. I would say like the, certainly the first half of the summer was really focused on making our like backyard a place that our family could hang out and we did which it was worked. great yeah yeah it's really nice so we pr- when we bought our house we had like an above ground pool and like it was just like a mess and for like a year we had like the remnants of above ground pool Sean called it our adventure playground um <laughs> so so yeah we just spent a lot of time in the backyard gardening we turned some tree stumps um into like a little play area for the girls That's and by cool. we I mean my neighbor saved my ass after I hired a very nice man who did not know what he was doing off of Craigslist. (laughs) (laughs) He basically built like tree stands for like, they were like really ugly, not unstable trees. Yeah. Like, and he he got kind of halfway through before I was like, you know, this just, we're not on the same page. And, and my amazing next door neighbor was like, 
just uh, honey like okay I'll do it like come on (laughs) so so that's awesome yeah um and it's been nice to have space to like go out in the backyard with the kids yeah obviously it's good so um Cece broke her arm yeah I don't know if you saw that in my various social media channels (laughs) yeah um she wasn't sad. It like hardly bothered her, but she's, you know, she was like one and a half at the time. Um, and she's a really tiny one and a half year old or whatever she is now. She's still pretty tiny. She's like one percentile. So it's always kind of fun to like funny. I think for people to see her like climbing around and running around because they're like, what is she supposed to be doing that? that? Yeah. Um, and then you add like a bright purple full arm cast <laughs> and it like going out with her was hilarious. Like people were like, oh my God, it's so cute. Is it wrong that it's so cute? I feel really bad because she's, her arm broke, but it's adorable. I'm like, no, no, that's like pretty much how everybody feels. Is, yeah. like, is she really one percentile like size? Yeah. Like literally Did one percentile. I feel like a I've little, seen most of the freak yeah. A little bit, but not really. I mean, my like, her she's active, and Viv was on the small side, and so was I as a baby. And my pediatrician wasn't worried about it. Like okay. we talked about going to the feeding clinic, but like she does eat. I don't know. She's just a peanut. She's just little. So okay. Yeah, if we're like at two, and she's still, I don't know. If this winter she's still rocking like six to 12 month clothing, which is what she's doing now, I might start to be like, hmm. Save some money. So, yeah. <laughs> no, really. Like, really we have not had to swap out anything. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, yeah. But my pediatrician also was like, just give her butter. If she wants ice cream, just give her ice cream. And like, you know, in a couple of years, I'm going to tell you to stop all that stuff. So I'm sorry That'll you're creating habits. habits <laughs> but, you know, just give her some stuff to fatten her up. <laughs> so... Very and then I guess the only, the other big thing for me personally is that I started a quilt business. There's another thing that you did this summer that I was very yeah. sad that I couldn't be here for you to finish the job. That's right. And we've talked about it on the podcast. So we've talked about the horrible school board member that we have in the city of Buffalo. And finally, more than eight months after his horrid racist comments which is just was just like kind of the cherry at the top of a long history of horrid racist bigoted behavior he was removed from the school board yay we need like an applause track or something i know i think that there are little sound effects in that i'll try um but yeah we can carl paladino goodbye so that the weekend that that happened i feel like it came out on a friday Thursday. Thursday. I think it was the same weekend that like the 3D projection happened at the psych center um, and, or the old psych center, which was, I only got to look at pictures online because yeah, I was in me Georgia, too. but it seemed it. so incredibly cool. There was like that weekend was the time that I missed Buffalo more than any other oh, time. Oh, I could see that. Because like, if, if, I mean... I did not put in the time or the energy that Whitney and a lot of other people put in, but like I did a little bit of work. Yeah, on, of course on you getting did. Getting rid of Carl and like uh, I really wanted to like. Yeah. I I actually tuned into our local talk radio station on the web just to hear them like crying about it. <laughs> uh, it so. was also the week after Charlottesville, and I think that I know that 
it was really, it felt really good to have a victory oh, after yeah. that and to feel like, all right, well, f- shit. Oh, well, I, was we said I, I said it was right. Shit is fucked, but we did this at least. Like this yeah. guy's gone. And maybe I miss it missing up the other things that I missed out on. Because Charlottesville came when I was on the way home and Carl got fired while I was in Georgia. No, wait. I don't know. <laughs> I missed this place a bunch. Yeah. Buffalo is wonderful. Yeah, it is. So It is. So, yeah. that's I. It was like your typical busy summer spent outside, I guess. Did you get Fighting to- racists. <laughs> <laughs> that's what everyone does. Did you get to travel? Fight racists? Yeah, we, yeah we did a bit. We went, we went back to our, our fave spot. Um, the Toronto Islands, which is experiencing historic flooding. So the island was like technically closed when we went. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So it was kind of like a ghost ghost town, ghost island, but really beautiful. Um, so, yeah, we did that. We did a little bit of trip. No, no real big, big travel. Um, but, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So let's talk about your sabbatical more. I would love to. Um Remind folks like what it was and where you went. So I spent uh, approximately three months gone. uh, And most of that time was at Koinonia Farm, which uh, is now celebrating its 75th anniversary. Uh, Started way back 75 years ago. That makes 1942 uh, by Clarence Jordan. Uh, It's spelled Jordan like Michael Jordan, but he's from Georgia and he said Jordan. So say it however way you want. Okay. Um, but uh, he started that farm. Uh, the, the phrase that he often used was a demonstration plot for the kingdom of God. Uh, so it was a place uh, where there was uh, community living and radical sharing. Uh, it was a place where they were uh, committed to treating each person with uh, full dignity and respect, um, which in Georgia in 1942 was not a popular idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so they they became, uh, their neighbors started suspe- suspecting them and working against them and throwing them out of their church and things like that when they uh, invited black people to eat lunch with them uh, during a break in the work day. Um, when Brown versus Board of Education happened uh, sometime later, that's when... Uh, up until that point, they were just like weirdos and probably communists, but they let them do what they did. Uh, but uh, when desegregation happened, uh, then the attacks on them started because they blamed them for all of that. Mm. Um, so they went through a whole lot of stuff there. Um, but uh, the community continues to this day. They've had some ups and some downs. Um, one of the ups that people would know, I forget how much I talked about the farm before we left, um, but Habitat for Humanity was born out of Quinnia Farm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, like, they've got that legacy. Um, today, they have to worry a lot less about, you know, the clan shooting guns at them. Um, they've got a good rhythm. It's, like, as close to uh, monastic living as you can get without being uh, Catholic. Uh, and, and actually, they're hospitable. All of the long-term members are Christians. Like, that's part of the commitment. But... You, to be a guest or an intern at the place, you can have whatever faith commitment you want. Um, but there's a, a really like solid, just like rhythm of prayer and work and rest and recreation um, and time together uh, at the farm. So I went there to experience that. 
Uh, it's also really cool um, for those uh, that are into, uh, you know, farming and things like that. They're 100% biological, which is a step beyond organic, um, which is something that I had no idea about those things uh, there. And uh, people say you can't do uh, pecans, which is their main crop, uh, with organic or biological ways of doing it. And yet they're doing it and they're making it work. So that's where I was. So, wow. I have a lot of questions, but the one that I like can is at the forefront of my mind is about pecans. <laughs> I like pecans and I learned about pecans this. Summer. Yeah. They, they, okay. they grow on trees. They grow on trees. They're big trees. So were you part of harvesting them? So no, um, because the harvest comes in the fall. So I left before the fall. Right. Um, and, uh, so they just have like acre, like, like rows, like pecan orchards. orchards. Yes. They're, they've like five or six different orchards in different parts of the farm. Must be a really cool place to like hang out in a pecan orchard. So it's beautiful, but you don't want to spend too much time just like hanging out there. Um, because pecan trees, another thing I learned this year are self pruning. So if you like sit under a pecan tree, there's a good chance that a branch might fall on your head. Oh, sh- okay. All right. So don't do that. Things we learn. But they're pretty. They're very pretty. Cool. So so your family came with you. Mm-hmm. Your wife and and three, three and your kids. three daughters yeah. came with you. I went you. first. I was there for two weeks. Then I came back and got them. Okay. What was your... I know we talked before you left that your kids were, you know, I mean, I think understandably like excited, but also had some moments of being like, "Ah, we don't want to leave our our friends. Yeah. Yeah. But what were their first reactions when they got there? Like the first. Oh, it was just weird for them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they wanted to know where the kids were. They wanted to know like what was happening. I mean, they, they were thrilled to see the swing set. They ran to the swing set. Like that was literally the first reaction. Yeah, mine would do that too. (laughs) And and they fell in love with a lot of the people there. So like, that was huge. And so they would just like a lot of their time was like, oh, we want to go see Gloria. Oh, we want to go see Pete. Pete. Oh, we want to go see Keith. Like, and they just like run off to one person after another. And it's a community where uh, there were a couple kids living there right until the time that I left. But uh, historically, like when you go back into the lore, like there were a lot of families that lived at Koinonia, but it's a lot harder today for a, a family to make a commitment. Like, oh, I'm going to go live at a, at a community. Um, and they're really kind of like hungry for that. So like people were just geeked to have kids around yeah. and they, kids got a little bit spoiled, uh, in terms of just like attention, like poured on them. Uh, but it, uh, worse things than that. Yeah. <laughs> there are worse things certainly, than that. Yeah. So did your kids like, did their, how did it change over time? Like their kind of reactions or their, they, how they, they fit in there? Yeah. Um, they, the first week anywhere with kids, it, they're like testing the boundaries mm-hmm. and figuring them out. And, uh, you know, there's some like equipment on the farm and some electric fences and things like that. I mean, it's mostly a safe place where we could let them like roam free. Um, but like we did have to like establish some boundaries. And I talked about uh, like them going to work with me um, and they were looking forward to that. Like I, I was an intern on the farm, so I did a bunch of the work and um and then I quickly learned like some of the jobs they couldn't do with me, right. including ones that I like. I thought, oh, if I'm working in the kitchen, they can help in the kitchen. But like the person in charge of the kitchen was like, no, we can't have kids in the kitchen. Yeah, which I understand. Yeah, me um, too. But like the kids understood that more slowly. <laughs> uh, and then there, it's like, you know, like 
community stuff where like there's the person in charge of the kitchen who told me not to have kids in the kitchen, but there are other people who would cook in the kitchen and they'd be like, Oh, you guys should come in and hang out. And like, Mm -hmm. and they'd come in and hang out. And then the person in charge would be like, Drew, I told you to keep your kids out of the kitchen. And be like, I told the kids to stay out of the kitchen. And you know, someone else was like, Oh, I didn't know, you know? And so, it all got worked out. Like mm-hmm. we reestablished the boundaries. We established a new rhythm. Um, and uh, what was that rhythm? So um, the day began every day with a chapel service at eight twenty-five, and the kids actually liked going to that. Sometimes, if other stuff happened and we couldn't get them out of bed, it didn't always happen. But we tried to make it always happen. Um, and then uh, they would go back uh, home and eat breakfast really quickly. I usually grab some breakfast right before for the chapel service, because then I would go and do my work. Um, and often morning work they couldn't do with me. Sometimes they did. My kids were excellent blueberry pickers. Um, and But they also did some schoolwork every day, because we're just that mean kind of parent mm-hmm. that makes them stay on it during the summer. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Janelle also had, like, projects that they worked on at Koinonia. So, like, they haven't finished the documentary yet, but like we've got all the footage. We just nice. we I have to like put it together and yeah. edit it. So um so yeah, so they worked on things like that too. Uh, and write letters home and things like that. Um the afternoons they had a little bit more free time. They'd go on the playground, they'd go hang out, sometimes they'd go work with me. There was a community pool that uh we bought a membership to, and a lot of times they'd love to go swimming. Um, sometimes Janelle would take them on day trips. Um, so, um, there, there was a bunch more flexibility in that. Um, we always ate, almost always ate lunch at the community. Like that was part of the deal and kids loved eating lunch with all the other people. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, evening time, like after, I guess after the morning, it was a lot less structured for the kids. Yeah. Um, but we made sure that we at least had some stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there was a, a library with books that they could read that they could just like go into like on the farm, and there are some toys there. Um, there was another like a fourteen-year-old that the kids would play with. Sometimes there were guests that were kids that they could play with. Um, the, the farm does a whole lot of hospitality. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, it, as much as we tried to keep a rhythm, like the nature of like who was on the farm and what kind of work was was being done at the time kept changing so like so how big is it how is it the Uh, kind of place where is like i can't in my head i'm like is this like six houses is this like a camp that has a camp store like what how kind of like a camp and actually uh so the farm hosts a summer camp for three weeks um there there are uh nine members that live there permanently they've made long-term vows uh, and then uh, some like long-term volunteers that often show up but don't live on the farm. Okay. Uh, about six interns were living on the farm when I was there, in addition to my family, uh, and a couple guests from other communities. So it was, it was a small bunch. Everybody lives in like pretty like simple houses. Most of the houses are separate. The interns were they each had their own apartment, like in like a group kind of house with a common space. Except you. You had your own house. I had my own house because yeah. I came with a, yeah. a wife and some kids. Uh, and it was actually a duplex. So the other half of my house, a member lived in. Mm. Um, and a big community kitchen, big community dining room, um, big pecan processing plant. Nice. Um, right. 
lots of orchards, lots of gardens, uh, a giant pasture for the cows and for the chickens, um, and like a big green space in the middle of it all. But so if you needed groceries, you had to like go get groceries somewhere. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. It's about all right. 15, 20 minutes into yeah. town and went to uh, yeah. the grocery store there. Gotcha. I No, I just was, I'm, the, the reason I was asking that because I was trying to have a sense of like, how much your kids got out of the community to go places. Yeah. Because, I, I don't know, I mean, maybe your family is different, but living in the city, like, you're, like, always, like, you're seeing new places. You're going here, you're going there, you da 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 yeah. And it, that must have been a trip for, like, you as parents, but uh, your kids, like, as a family, to just sort of stick around in one place for a while. Yeah. And I'm well, curious about, and, like, like how your kids... go to Americas and, like, look at stuff. That's where the pool was. There wasn't a whole lot of other stuff in America right. to like right. do. Like we did take trips to like uh, like we went to Macon and we visited uh, a, a a historic site. Like it was called a plantation, but we didn't do like the plantation tour that like glorified slavery and things like that. Uh, but it was this this old homestead uh, and got a took a tour of that. Um, we had friends in Atlanta. We hmm. uh, go visited the, those friends. We actually took a trip down to the Florida coast and got a day at the beach. Um, nice. Which was yeah, I would have liked longer than a day, but it was really nice to get in the ocean, you cool. know, and totally worth the trip. Um, so oh, and then um, Plains, Georgia, was nearby, which is also not a thriving metropolis, but that's Jimmy Carter's hometown. Um, oh. So oh, did you meet him? Sort of. Like, yeah. It's not like we hung out. Yeah. Um, but, but I think I, now you said that, I'm like, wait, did I, I, I see a picture I got of a picture with yeah. uh, former President Carter. Cool. Yeah. And I got to listen to him teach Sunday school. If you're in Plains, Georgia, you have to get there very early, but uh, it's totally worth it if you're there on a Sunday that he's teaching to go listen to Jimmy Carter teach his Sunday school class. Um, and yes, got a picture with him. The The cooler thing was like later on in the year, I was uh, working at the food bank as part of my service on the farm. And Rosalind Carter showed up there to do some work, like just. And they're solid people, huh? Like they just like are all about service. Yeah, they're they're wonderful people. And That's like, cool. People in Plains are like on a first name basis with them, and uh, yeah, it's like it's a rural enough area that like when a plane flew overhead, people would go, "Oh, President Jimmy's going somewhere," because. He was pretty much the only one that flew in and out, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Cool. So, I follow, you know, your wife on Facebook, so I got to see as she, I think either, like, right... There were right, some frustrations. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I appreciated her honesty, like, right as she, it was either right before you all left, or maybe, like, while you were on your way home, she posted this kind of list of things she learned about herself, being there and uh -huh. it really resonated with me just you know I mean <laughs> like on the service level like she posted something about being um and I hope Janelle you don't mind me share this yeah like she yeah. missed her coffee she missed her good grocery store she missed this you know like but then she also you know and she realized that she was a snob about those things but then she also talked about um you know being that she thought that she was living in like a diverse community in Buffalo, but it made her realize how segregated her life here is compared. Here in Buffalo. Yes. I think I have that right. 
Um, it could be, yeah. Like it uh, in at Koinonia, like we we were like living in community, like sharing life on a daily basis um, with with people of different races, but also people of different like perspectives. Um, so like we got out of like the, um, you know, kind of the information silo that, uh, people often find themselves in. Mm -hmm. Uh, so like that, that was, that was really good. It was also, uh, really encouraging that, um, it was an incredibly like, um, loving community. Um, so like I had like, I had no idea what to expect because there are some people that would probably be called fundamentalists and there was a gay person and I was like, well, they're going to have a fight. And they didn't, they, they really, really liked each other and took care of each other. And, you know, uh, probably like if you tried to start fights and found ways for them to disagree, they would have, but, um, people really like just gave of themselves to one another and mm -hmm. took care of each other. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Um, any like any other kind of like lessons or takeaways as a parent that you took from the sabbatical? As a parent, um, I parenting is so much easier when you do it with a community. Mm. You know, like it's become a cliche that whole like it takes a village thing, but um, we had a lot more time to spend with our kids because. Um, we didn't have to spend as much time preparing food and like all of the other like daily living stuff that was shared with other people. Um, and so like that was a real like by simplifying everything that we did, we got to have a lot more quality time with our kids. Um, and because there was a large community of adults that we could trust, we also got to spend a lot less time with our kids because they'd go out and visit. Yeah. That's one of the stuff. benefits of a community. Yeah. Other adults who are play important roles in your child's life. It's like sweet that aren't your family as well. Yeah. And there's, which I is mean, great obviously, but that's loaded and yeah. Yeah. And, and there was like a little bit of like, we had to draw boundaries. Like our kids, like if you give them one piece of gum, they'll ask you for gum all the time and they'll nag you for gum. And like, and yeah. you know, we kept, and, kind of like two-faced kind of like oh dad said it's okay and asking other people about different like yeah. again no major crimes just a lot of like extra candy mostly yeah um so uh so we had to work out that stuff and like help other people like maintain our boundaries with our kids you know but it was it was really sweet and the kids made some connections with people that like they're never gonna forget you know how do you think it changed your family and like like what are you, is there anything you're bringing back now into your life here? I'm hoping so. Um, it's not all the way back yet. And like in my first couple of weeks back, like I'm just discovering how hard it is with school and yeah. like, um, like so much of our calendar is already like predetermined for us and kids tire <laughs> out easily and all that stuff. Um, but, um, I do want to have more of that uh, intentionality to community um, so that like we can watch one another's kids and look out for each other. And I'm trying to, so one just little way that it, the, uh, a friend of mine is running for local office and 
I've wanted to support her uh, and campaign with her and things like that again and again and again. And, uh, you know, I've been able to do a couple little things, but stuff keeps happening, you know. On Labor Day, like, we uh, we did the Labor Day parade, and then I saw her, like, running around with her kids. Afterwards, there's a big picnic, and she was supposed to, like, shake hands and kiss babies and everything like that. And it was just like, hey, um, what if we just take your kids while you do this? And it's like, oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, this, see, this is, yeah, like, right. I'm able to support her. My kids are going to have a better time, yeah. you know? And, of course, like, I did that realizing that another neighbor had invited us to a birthday party. So, like, we just bought brought party crashers to our birthday, birthday party, <laughs> which is, I don't know, maybe a faux pas. Um, but more community. More people got to spend time together. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things uh, that they do to help the community grow in terms of, like, um, intimacy and trust and taking care of one another. Um, different groups at the farm practice uh, a form of prayer called the examine together and examine its basic like community building. Like you think through your day, you think through your week, whatever's happened. And you think uh, the technical terms that the um, Jesuits use is uh, consolations and desolations, um, which can translate to, times that you felt near to God and times that God felt far away, which can translate to highs and lows. Yeah, right? Like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Think of the good thing and the bad thing, right? right? Uh, and then, like, we'd all spend time reflecting on that, and then we'd share them with one another, and then the spiritual director would kind of, like, ask some follow-up questions to help us, like, see what was happening through all those or see if there's patterns in those things or, you know, see if there's direction behind those. Um, and doing that with other people, like really like connected me to mm -hmm. those other people. So I then think you can also find ways to support them towards having more of their high moments. Yeah. Yeah. Too. And yeah. And I'm or, sure you gain to, insight into your own yourself too, as exactly. well, listening to them. So I think Sounds one like of the, group therapy to me, it's a lot like group <laughs> therapy and it's kind of like group therapy that I needed. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. think, um, like that's one of the things that I'm going to try to make happen now that I'm back in Buffalo is just a little group to, uh, I hope weekly like share a meal and then do that afterwards. So I like that. Yeah, that's cool. And I also think in terms of like your kids in that community, we've, we've talked a lot about your street, yeah. or your block and how, uh, you you have like a great ground like a great groundwork there. I feel like you already yeah. have like I think one of the best examples of at least that I know of locally of like a street that's just like very cohesive. Like it's your neighbors, very, you all look out like for each other. There's a lot of community. kids. Yeah, and I feel like it. Um, yeah, you you your existing like immediate neighborhood is. It's wonderful. Ready for care of each maybe other. the next step. I know. <laughs> when we say it like that, it's going to scare them if they listen to the podcast. Maybe. I don't maybe. Know. Maybe. So, all right. Final question for you. On Our this. neighbors invited us to dinner like shortly after we got back, and now like we have to return the favor. Uh, have to. Want to. Um, and like last weekend, Janelle went away to a games conference, and this weekend. Someone from the church is getting baptized and having a birthday party. So, like, there's another. So, like, I'm like, ah, but we're going to get there. Yeah. We're going to get there. Yeah. So do you have any advice for people who are listening to this, think it sounds great, and maybe want to 
really be intentional in taking space out of their like regular day-to-day lives yeah. to do something different with their family and with their kids. Like even, even if it's not as long or, or faith-based or anything like that. Yeah. No, I, um, so like f- from a faith-based perspective, I would say that like we're made for that. Like, you know, like we need to have like rest in our day, in our week. And, and then like the, the sabbatical rest is supposed to be every seven years. And it's, it's a different kind of thing. And I realize that like in today's culture, like it's an incredible privilege to be able to Mm -hmm. take an extended rest after seven years. But like, if you've been doing the same thing for seven years, you probably need it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like finding a way to take it, like even if you can't take it the same way, even if it's like, you know, asking for a leave of absence or like just like saving a bunch of money and banking a bunch of vacation time. I realize not everyone can do that. Like, but, um, it's really good to, to get it. It, It's been very good for me. Um, when it comes to like doing it with a community, like there are a lot of folks that are like just kind of under the radar because they don't always just like bump out in your face. But uh, if you start like Googling for intentional community, you can find uh, folks that are, are living that way. And a lot of them, uh, Koinonia among them, value hospitality. So like they will arrange for you to visit and they won't sign you up forever or make you drink Kool-Aid or anything yeah. like that. And can um, you go for like a week? Can, go for a week. You can you say like we want to do our family vacation somewhere that's like different and yeah. more about like reconnecting. And, you absolutely yeah. can do that. Interesting. Um, and there's people that visit Quinnonia just for a lunch. Like mm. they will, you know. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, like you get different experiences depending on how long and how, in what ways you visit. Um, but it is really good to have a rest. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like even to just. You know, like once we took a family vacation that um, plan A had fallen through and so we had to come up with a plan B that wasn't, uh, it w- was a lot more accessible. And and we went to um, Crystal Beach in Fort Erie and uh, it's not. Which um, for people not in Buffalo is like. An hour mm, because not, of the bridge traffic. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like you, I mean, we bike there across yeah. in, into Canada. So, yeah. yeah. And it's not a very fancy beach and there's not a boardwalk and there's there's none of the fancy stuff hey it's nice it's 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 nice because most of that stuff isn't there yeah i agree yeah like yeah it's no it's beautiful yeah and and it was just like quiet and calm and restful and like uh really needed that and then like if you're like me uh i feel like Whitney, you've got a lot more like discipline. Like you could be like, I'm going to start a quilting business and you make it happen. Right. Like, uh, being part of a community where there was some like spiritual direction and rhythm to prayer and like a schedule to it. That was really good for a person like me because, um, they still gave me a lot of like open time. And I read a lot of books on my own and took walks by myself. And, you know, when you're like, weed whacking for a couple hours you have time to think yeah Um, so like I got all of that stuff too um but having some like direction and discipline imposed on me was also very good I like that and just I mean just to like bring it back to the topic of our podcast just like so good for you as a parent yeah and and 
a husband and I'm just saying to I don't know I just this is resonating with me because I was just saying to Sean the other night like you know I I I was feeling well maybe it was like a week ago I was saying to him that I was feeling like we were in one of those times of parenting where like everything is moving really fast and that's like <laughs> that actually is a lot of my experience a lot of parenting phases but in particular I just was like I don't know oh, summer's almost over, like, blah, blah, blah. And was saying to him, like, I want to do a little bit of a better job checking in and connecting and making sure we're, like, not only on the same page with each other, but just, like, that we are actually, like, crafting a vision for our family and our life Mm -hmm. instead of just getting caught up in this cycle of, like, acquiring stuff. Yeah. And... Do you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it can, you you, like just get caught up in like like acquiring stuff and then like going through the motions. And then suddenly you're like, what? Like, you know, summer's over or like my kid is, you know, almost four and like whole, you know, so yeah. yeah. And we, you know, we brought like one box of toys with us. We had each of us brought one bag of clothes, like basically. Um, And like the place that we lived in was nice enough but it was a cinder block house with three bedrooms and like one bathroom nothing fancy like in the least bit Mm -hmm. um and it was enough like and so like that was just a really good like reminder uh to look for the simplicity And, and when you talk about like um just like parenting style like if you've listened to the podcast for a little while, you know, I don't think of myself as like a helicopter parent, right? Like I, I'm not, but there are like times and seasons when each kid just needs Mm -hmm. attention. Right. And, um, and we were able to give a lot more attention and like, you know, readjusting back into life in Buffalo. Like I don't want to adjust too much. Like, uh, I want to make sure that there is time for that attention to happen uh, in the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't always happen well. You know, another little, like, just, like, bonus of of the farm, like, the, the Wi-Fi that the farm had didn't really reach everywhere and wasn't very dependable, and the cell service was even worse. Um, so it's not like I didn't look at my phone sometimes, um, but I looked at it a lot less. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, like we, we changed our habits. It, some, we had to be intentional. Uh, my wife and I got in the habit of listening to the Rachel Maddow podcast together every night, uh, which I already listened to a lot, but like now she's getting hooked. Um, so like I had to like walk to get to the place where I could download it. Right. I had to like wait to the right hour to download it then walk back and we'd like listen to it together in bed so romantic i know (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but i also like i'm kind of a podcast addict and uh i spent a lot more time like listening to music um Mm, and that was a good joy too it's nice yeah yeah cool drew well i'm excited to check in maybe later this you know this fall or winter and see how things are if I've just gotten back to my normal horrible self. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, for people that want to like learn about Koinonia Farm, if mm-hmm. you just Google it, I think I've shared this before, but it's spelled K-O-I-N-I-A. Um, 
K- oh, I didn't say that right. K O I N O N I A. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, and uh, if if you're a person that's like given to generosity, like they've always lived like very like hand to mouth, like close close budget. The recent storms, um, they played like they did tremendous hospitality. They hosted oh wow uh, lots and lots of people that were yeah. fleeing Florida. Yeah. Um, but then the storm went through Georgia, and um, they didn't have any buildings get knocked down or anything like that. But the a lot of the pecans got knocked off of the trees before oh, they no. were mature. Uh, and pecan trees uh, come to fruit every other year. Oh, shh. So, and they yeah. lost a harvest when they switched from chemical farming to biological farming. So uh, they're a little bit scared right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And if you want to um, see a great film about Koinonia and its history, um, there's a, a movie called Briars in the Cotton Patch that you can – it's – Produced for PBS. It was on PBS before. Um, and you can watch it for free on Amazon Prime. So if you got Amazon Prime, you should really just watch it. It's barely over an hour, but it's really good. Okay. We'll put a link to it in yeah. the show notes. Cool. Okay. All right. So we're going to do a person, place, and thing now. Yes. I've been talking a lot, so you better no, go that's first. that's okay. So I've got two things. I got like a lowbrow and a highbrow <laughs> recommendation. Lowbrow whatever is boogie wipes. Um, my kids, my kids were sick, uh, last week or the week before. And I just like remembered how much I love these things. They're like salinated wipes. So the, you know, their noses get like really raw from, um, tissues. Mm -hmm. These are like, they're like a baby wipe, but they're salinated. And so they're really gentle on your nose and they make them in a grape scent. So suddenly Cece went from like, freaking out if I tried to wipe her nose to being like, mm, what is this delicious grape thing you're wiping my nose with? I want to smell it and let you wipe, wipe my, my nose. nose all the so time. I also like if people I know have a baby, like I try to buy them one of those and throw it in there because oh, they're really, they make like when your kid is sick, it just so disruptive and sucks, especially I don't, I don't feel like as a, like a baby sick. I don't know. And it makes it easier. My highbrow thing is that I listened to this great podcast episode of, um, on Bean with Krista Tippett. I like just, her. Just so good. And I listened to this like replay of an interview she did in 2008 with this Irish poet and philosopher, John O'Donohue. And it was about, it was about beauty, but like, oh, so good. And it's just been like resonating with me ever since I listened to it. I can't stop thinking about it. Um, and I think, I don't know. I think if you got an hour, just like, just sit with it. It's really good. So my person, place, or thing, I'll do people. And I, if you get to do do two, I get to do two. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> well, person number one is a national figure uh, that I already mentioned, uh, Jimmy Carter. Mm. Um, so, like, I have known about Jimmy Carter, but, like, didn't get to really, like, get the full story. And uh, I really feel like he overplayed the whole, like, I'm just a simple peanut farmer. Um, like, he took uh, over the peanut farm after his dad died but he was a nuclear physicist uh what before <laughs> that, that. <laughs> Shit. yeah okay. right yeah. Um, man i hate politics sometimes yeah but like jimmy carter do you know how jimmy carter paid for his presidential campaign peanuts close an almond brothers tour the almond brothers were fans of jimmy carter they toured around the country 
Jimmy would speak, and they gave the proceeds of the ticket sales to Jimmy. It's hilarious. Got the, he got the matching funds from the government because back then you could do a presidential right? campaign and still like spend enough doing that. He uh, he set fundraising records um, when he was running for president. Actually. The, they you, call, Drew is full on nerding out right now. They, just. Called it, they called it the million dollar dinner. It was a dinner that they raised a million dollars on. They hosted it in planes, which meant that like every single person in planes had to cook for this dinner. Like it was like down home, like country style, but like they brought all kinds of people to planes. Wow. Um, yeah. Cool. So, all like, right. Just, it, I was really glad to learn more about Jimmy Carter. And um, like, I know he sometimes gets a bad rap as president. Um, when I read the history, I feel like a lot of stuff that was like out of his control. I'm passionate about about mental health. His wife pushed that hard, like yeah. that was her cause. So, yeah, learn about the Carters. They're very cool. Cool. The local person who will hopefully be a politician very soon uh, is is my friend that I mentioned before that I want to share more community with, running for uh, county comptroller. So. If you're in the Buffalo area, we know we have listeners across the globe, uh, but Buffalo people uh, give some support to Vanessa Glushevsky. She's eminently qualified, uh, and she's smart and hardworking and good and all of that stuff. Cool. So vote Vanessa. Links for both of those to both of those people <laughs> in our show notes and, and to the podcast she's episode. The next Jimmy Carter. She might be. She I might. Be. I don't think she has those aspirations, but she <laughs> she'd do great. Awesome. <laughs> Oh, so uh, that is all for this episode. Thank you for listening. Just a Phase is produced by Whitney Crispell. And our theme music is Urbana Metronica, the Woo Ya Mix by Spinning Merkaba. And it's used under a Creative Commons license. You miss Sp- Spinning Merkaba. I forgot. You were probably listening that. to Spinning Merkaba while you said you were listening to music. I was I'm listening. sure you didn't I'm tell sure. it. Yeah. Bye. Bye.